have gone before us, can we just take a moment and celebrate his life and his legacy? Great legend, an American and a kingdom legend as well. And how about just the opportunity that we now have in this day and age to keep making a difference, to keep shining the light, to keep loving our neighbor. I just fully contend that our church is going to look like our city and it's going to look more like heaven. And we're the kind of people we're being built to bring heaven to earth. And so there's room. None of us have ever arrived on fully loving our neighbor and celebrating the differences of each other. How many know there's still room to grow in all of us? And so tomorrow, maybe you got the day off of school or of work. Probably only if you work at a bank or a school, you got the day off. But uh, let's not just have a day on the calendar. Let's make it a time to remember how far we have come and then look to the future that what God wants to do. There is more for us when it comes to unity, celebrating diversity. Every single one of us can grow in maturity and love our neighbors well. Amen. Hey, North, can you welcome the plaza right now? Everybody online. How about the men of Lansing Correctional Facility as we're streaming to you? Awesome. And hey, we're in a brand new season here at the beginning of the year of sermons called The New Frontier. And last week we looked at the life of Abraham, that everything started with a voice from heaven calling him out of his comfort and known into the unknown. And he had the audacity to follow God, his voice, as God directed them along the way. And it says in Hebrews 11 that he was actually following while he was looking not for a place just even here on the earth. He was looking to that which is eternal, to an everlasting city. In other words, he left his yesterday. He said goodbye yesterday and hello to forever. He was looking for something so much bigger than the here and now. And that has been my heart, even in the planning and prayer through this series and this season of our church, is that we would really look not just uh, at our best year yet or what God could do even in 2022, but we'd just be framing our future with the thought of eternity. How does my life make a significant difference where it matters the most? And we're not so focused on destination of who we want to become by the end of the year, but our focus and attention and heart is after more direction. Who is God calling us to be? Where is he calling us to go? How do we follow him fully, even into the unknown? And for every single one of us, there is a place called New Frontier for your life, a place that God has always wanted to take you, always want to lead you on the journey of significance, and it starts in this season. I believe in we're going to walk in a new frontier, not just for your life individually, but for all of us collectively as a church family, being the kind of church God has always wanted to see here in Kansas City, and that although we cannot control the world around us, how many know that? The world's been out of control. I mean, been more, more realized in the last two years, there's just so much that you can't control. And so it's not going to be a perfect year, just like you're not going to be a perfect you. But there are some things that are in our control. We can't control the weather, for example. Uh, it's pretty tough on a pastor when your first two of the first three weeks of the year, you have um, snowy Saturdays that bleed into Sundays. But I can't control that. What I can control is showing up faithful, doing my best, bringing uh, God's word to our church and God's heart. I, I can't control the, the rest of my year, but this last week, for all those who have joined in a season of fasting, uh, we can control that which we partake in and that which we say no to. How many have enjoyed the fast? No one has enjoyed it. 
I'm telling you right now, I've had two mints and a cough drop today. I'm feeling great. I've highly increased my caloric intake for the day. So I promise not to, to preach hangry. But we can't control other people's actions or reactions. We can't control the financial climate around us. We can't control all the status of our nation. But what we can control is our attitude, our behavior, our actions, our heart's desire to pursue all that God has for us. I can control my prayer time. I can control my, my daily posture being one of worship. I can control what I say and what I speak over people and even in my own life. I can control the company that I keep. I can control my time in God's word. I get to control the flow of generosity through my life. And we're making these small, consistent, daily decisions to control that which we can and give God our best that I believe produces everlasting change. And we're going to have, spiritually speaking, the best year we've ever had because I can still own the things which God gives me the opportunity to own. It's a great verse for us in this year. I shared it at the very end of the year as well, but Psalm 65 verse 11, you crown the year with a bountiful harvest. How many like to see more of the bountiful harvest of heaven happen in your life? But even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. In the new frontier tonight, today, I want to talk about how to go higher in hard times. That God has something great, even in the difficult places that you might find yourself. Because if you feel stuck, it doesn't mean you have to stay stuck. And an elevated place that you choose is a place where you can encounter God in a brand new way. Do you believe that? Would you join me in prayer? Father God, we love you. God, we thank you for your goodness, your faithfulness. We thank you for your word. It shows us the way to go, helps us become more like Jesus. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that has the ability to prompt things in our life that need to change. And we all agree, God, that we're of nothing apart from you, but with you, we can do everything we're called to do. But Lord, we know there's places of our heart that you want to change and get to work, mindsets that you want to transform and renew and a world around us that you want to see change through the mission of Jesus working through your local church. Lord, lead us all to the new frontier. And even the hard and difficult places of our life, let them be filled with your blessing and your favor. We want to find you even in the hard places. We thank you, God, that you really are taking us higher even in hard times. And tonight, Lord, after heart and soul, which everyone comes back out to, we just thank you for Ben Roethlisberger's retirement party that his golf game would get better and the Chiefs would keep getting better as we move on to glory in your kingdom. All for Jesus. Amen? All right, lighten up in church. I know it's cold outside, but it's, the heat is on in here. You guys, can, you guys can relax a little bit. You know, being in an elevated place or perspective in your life sounds amazing until you realize you have to climb to get there. Everyone has this big picture and vision of where you want to go and who you want to be and what does your best life look like. And then you realize, oh, wow, I've actually got to change in some areas of my life. If I want to become that kind of person, I'm desiring to, to be. We all want to be in an elevated place in life. 
until you have to climb to get there. And the Bible is filled with, with so many amazing moments that are called like these mountaintop experiences where, where we believe like you encounter God in a fresh new way and something's transformed in your life and something has changed. I believe we're actually going to have a, a moment like that tonight at Heart and Soul. Just to let you know, I'm changing what we're desiring to do. I'm not just going to teach us tonight. No, we're going to go after the presence of God together. We're going to really give God something to work with and bringing more heaven to earth in our year. And we believe that the Holy Spirit's going to show up and he's going to show up with authority. He's going to show up with power. He's going to transform us. We're having a mountaintop moment tonight. I cannot uh, force the hand of God to move, but I do know some things that we can do, naturally speaking, to produce spiritual results. And we're going to do those things tonight when we pray. And I pray that your whole year has more mountaintop moments than it has valleys. I believe that. But the truth is you have to make the decision that it's really more about your daily walk than a one-time God encounter. We say here at Hillsong, Kansas City, that destiny is a daily decision. That if you ever want to get to that place where you're called to go, that it really is more about the direction of following after God than it is the destination of something you're desiring from God for yourself. That, that starts every single day. It's a daily decision. So mountains in the Bible represent these high places where you can encounter God's grace, goodness, his power, his voice, his direction, his help. They're transformative. But obstacles in the Bible also, I'm sorry, but mountains in the Bible also represent obstacles that are in our way. And, and we can look at mountains as places that are against us or opportunities for us to find God in new levels. We can look at them as obstacles or places of God encounters. In Exodus 24, which actually was in my Bible reading plan today, it says this, God says to Moses, climb higher. I don't even have to know what you're believing from God for to know that that's a God word for every person's life, that God is speaking to you if you're listening, that there is a climb for you in your calling, and it's not where you're at right now. Yes, thank God we aren't who we used to be, but we're not everything we're called to be, that God is speaking to us as a church family individually. You can climb higher up the mountain and wait there for me. I'll give you these these commandments, these tablets of stone, these teaching and commandments that I've written to instruct the people you're leading, Moses. So Moses got up, accompanied by Joshua, his aide, and Moses climbed up the mountain of God. One big thing I want you to notice in this passage, it says, wait there for me, not wait here for me. I believe you don't have to work for the presence of God. I believe it's the gift we've received. There's been an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus went up into the presence of God, the throne room of God, he sent the gift of the Holy Spirit that we have access granted to the power and the presence of God based upon the gift that has been given to us, this gift of the Holy Spirit. But there's still a there where we encounter something special from God that you won't find just waiting back here. And if I could speak to your 2022 opportunity is for us, every one of us to go there, a place where we haven't been before. And God says, if you wait for me there, I'll come and bring this gift to you. If you wait for me there, I'll come reveal my plan to you. But many of us as believers, we love to wait in the here. God meets us here. God's graced us here. God loves us here, but he's called us to this place of waiting that is there. 
And when you get to the place where you've done everything you can in your own ability to be there and you're still waiting on God's timing, I'd just like to welcome you to the new frontier. One of the greatest places you could ever be as a believer is that when you know that you've done everything that's been asked of you and you're still waiting just for the timing of God to show up because God says, I'll meet you, I'll meet you there. If you haven't heard already or figured out, ah, this message is challenging today. This message has a cost today. And it's, I'm not saying that just because I'm hangry from fasting. I just figured the people that are coming out at 11 o'clock when it's 11 degrees outside are the kind of people that want to go there. Am I wrong that every one of us on the plaza up north online at Lansing wants a new there in our life? And this is the place where we're actually called to live. This new frontier is a place where we're there waiting for God not God just waiting for us. And it might come as a shock to you, but I am uh, not a professional mountaineer. Um, I don't know really anything about climbing. I'm not even into indoor rock climbing because they make you wear that harness. Let's be honest, no man wants to be straddled in that position. So I, I don't know much about it, but like most people on the internet, I am an expert because I watched one documentary. How many know people read one tweet and they got a PhD in something? But I, I watched this documentary earlier in the year called 14 Peaks. Anyone seen 14 Peaks? Okay, none of us. So you all been fasting Netflix. That's fine. But it's about this guy named Nims Die. And in 2019, he attempted one of the craziest, most ambitious sequence of climbs ever. He was going to summit all of the world's 14 highest peaks. All of them are over 8,000 meters tall. I don't know what his meter is because I'm American, but <laughs> I know that's high. And, and he was going to do it in just seven months. Now, the first time it was ever done, it took 16 years. The, time, uh, the, the current world record before he tried it was just under eight years. And yet he wants to do it in under seven months. And I was amazed by this guy uh, because he just was willing to try what no one else would ever have the audacity to do. And even when everyone else felt it was impossible, he thought he could at least give it a chance, give it a try. One scene in particular sticks out to me. Uh, he arrives at K2. K2 is the second tallest peak on the earth, uh, only just 800 feet less than Mount Everest. And then he arrives at base camp where all the other wannabe climbers, all the other people that are trying to summit are located and they're all defeated and frustrated and they're all upset because the weather had changed and it felt like the window for their opportunity had closed for that season. But this guy, Nims died, just decided to throw a little party. He just throws a party just to encourage everybody. And then he decides to go himself with his team of Sherpas in the middle of the darkness of the night. They went up and reset all the lines themselves. And then he not only went up in his team, but anyone who wanted to go with them made it to the summit that next day. What seemed impossible, he just owned the opportunity. What was started as an obstacle, he actually just chose to elevate his life. And yet base camp, people had every intention of going higher, but they stayed there because of the things they couldn't control. 
the climate of the weather around them, the seemingly closed door or window of opportunity in front of them. And I know there's so many of us as believers that we have every expectation and desire to go higher in this year or to follow God into new frontiers. But when we start looking around at the cost of the climb and what potential hazard might happen, if we have the heart to follow that, we kind of decide we're just going to rather sit back. But God says, I'll meet you there. You're going to have to wait for me there. I think many people show up to church never planning on staying stuck where they're currently at, wanting to be in the place where God is going to meet with them and where they can, where he's calling them. And I realize it's been hard. I, I know that my pastoral heart for our church, I realize that this world has just been difficult for, for, for really forever, but really the last two years have been so less than an ideal season. It's been an ordeal, not an ideal. It's been a hard place, but hard places become holy. When you start elevating your life instead of procrastinating away. And if you come to church today, and if you're, you're wanting and desiring to lean in to God's kingdom plan to become a reality in your life, even this year, you cannot stay at base camp any longer. Base camp only exists as a place of preparation before you climb higher. In base camp, you get acclimated to the altitude your lungs need before you can press further and go into all that God has for you. So as much as I desire for you to win, as much as my heart desires and I hope that you go and, and grab a hold of all that God is calling you into personally this year, I can't do it for you. But what I can do is I'm going to throw a little celebration today and I'm going to thank God for how far we have come. I'm going to remind you that God's been good in your life. And then I'm going to invite you on the journey that you're going to have to choose for yourself, that you're going to head in the God direction. And even if you don't see it working, you're going to stay there in that elevated place until God meets with you and does the thing that he's always wanted to do in this place called the new frontier. How do you go higher in hard times? So you got to understand this climb has a cost and no one can pay it for you. It, the push forward has a price to pay. There, there, there's just a price to pay to go higher. And for us that have been fasting for a week, we're not on a hunger strike to get God to go to work in our life. We're just saying, God, you get priority. We're willing to say no to some things, to pay a price, just to let you God, God know that you get our first and you get our best. There's a price to pay, pay to go higher, but it's always worth it. How I many know a great meal has a cost? It just costs more. You want to eat somewhere great? It's going to cost you more. You enjoy it, and then you get the bill. And then you were wondering, like, see, maybe I should not have had the appetizer. Or you start getting critical of your spouse. Be like, what did you order? It's like, you got the salmon dish? You should have got the filet fish Like... Good things come with the price. Now we know in the kingdom of God, Jesus has already paid the highest price. The very best of God, it's already ours. Salvation, righteousness, the Holy Spirit, grace, it's available for us today. But there's a rare place where God does things through new frontier world changers. People that leave an eternal legacy with the way that they live. And those people are people that know how to pay 
how to pay a price. There's a cost to, to growing. In a restaurant, the nicer the restaurant is, you pay at the end. In the kingdom, you pay the price up front. We know we've already been given all the best of God. This is still a grace message, even though I'm calling you out and challenging you in maybe some difficult places and decisions of destiny in your life. We know that Jesus already paid the price, but in the kingdom, there's usually a price to pay first before you find God in that place of new frontier. Jesus says that in Matthew chapter seven. Jesus says, enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. The Greek word there is to loss. You don't want to take another L this year. Well, then you're going to not take the broad gate. You're going to have to go by the narrow gate. It says, and there are many who go in by it. In other words, there's a lot of people that don't win because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Anyone find that passage by Jesus rather intimidating? How many feel like that's not the most exciting passage of all time? I like passages more like, um, I could do all things through Christ who gives me strength. But then every once in a while, you need a wake up call to how some of the kingdom of God operates and works, that there's just a different way to live if you want that kind of life. How many of you want to be about that life? I'm talking about where Jesus is at the center. The Holy Spirit is your guide. You're experiencing God's best in your marriage and in your family. And to be at that life, there's a, a place there we have to get. There's a place that we have to learn how to, how to elevate to get to that rare air of God encounter. Uh, I believe this passage, Jesus isn't saying you're going to miss it. He's actually inviting you to go higher. In fact, the two words there in the Greek, one word that's translated into narrow and difficult means tighter. It means stricter. It means more pressured. It's also used later to, to talk about, I, I choose to press in. The Bible says it's the same, same word. And then life there in that passage from Jesus is the, the Greek word Zoe, which means the God kind of life. In other words, not your physical life, the beating of your heart, the breathing of your lungs. It's talking about your very best life with God, the life that God desires for you. So the way to get to this God life, Jesus says there's a path and this elevated path is not an easy road. It means that there's just a little more restriction in what you do. There's a little more discipline, if you will, in how you live and follow him. In other words, you have to follow God's ways, which might feel limiting in the moment, but it's leading you to something everlasting, something more significant. That Zoe, that God life, very same words in the Greek used by the apostle Paul in second Corinthians four, verse 12. He says, then death or trials is at work within us. He's talking about the apostles, but life Zoe is at work within you. In other words, he's saying, hey, sometimes it feels like something's dying, but it's leading to God's kind of life. Fasting this week, I'm gonna be honest with you, sometimes it felt like death. This morning when I woke up, I felt like death, but I'm thankful for the God that raises the dead. 
but I don't want to just camp out. I want to climb. And if Jesus says few are those that find it, how many want to be one of those few? I believe I'm speaking to the people showing up when it's so cold outside in January in church that you have already decided I want to be one of the few. And so if you followed this far, I want to encourage you to keep following a little farther. This path that we have, it doesn't just kill out anything in our life and everything in our life. It's not that we don't have any fun. No, we're living in the presence of the perfect one. God's grace is sufficient, but he's calling us to grow. And we grow in this spiritual endeavor today. We're calling this this climb to go higher in hard times. You have to learn to turn up the pressure on yourself. I can't do it for you. Gosh, I wish there's some things I could just do for my kids. I wish I could just make some things easy for them. I, I, I do my very best to give them a life that is even better than the one I grew up in. Uh, I do my best to train them and to teach them, but life can come at us all really quick. And there's just some frustration, some, some things in their even education and their friends and their, in their life that I wish I could bypass for them, but then I'd actually be robbing them of their development and their character. And I think as believers, the more we want to grow in the things of God, the higher we want to go in the purpose of heaven for our life, the more we have to learn to turn the pressure on ourselves, not a pressure to perform, but that pressure to push in to things that might even feel uncomfortable. Because when you learn to narrow your life, to limit the, your life, you, 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 you learn how to go farther and further into the things of God. So the apostle Paul talks about, it says, hey, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. It's like, yeah, you could do that, but then you're not gonna get all that God has. Yeah, you could live like that, his grace is sufficient for every one of your insufficiencies. But if you want to grow up in maturity, you're going to live a little different. So what does that look like? Naturally speaking in our life, we don't read our Bible to check a list. We need God's living word to de define the way that we live. We learn to put the pressure on ourselves to grow and to change. I means we don't just throw up a prayer. We're learning how to pursue the presence of God. We're walking in intimacy with God. If you haven't come out to prayer, make a prayer here on Wednesday on the plaza on Saturday. Like this is how we, we put the pressure on ourselves to grow and to make progress. And we don't add things to the calendar of the church because we need more to do and we want to look spiritual. We do these things because we believe there's a path that leads to God's best life. And we want to be the few that find it. Like I want health in my life. Like I want a healthy marriage, which means I'm going to have to sit in and have some difficult conversations with my better half. Uh, we've had some of those this week in prayer and fasting. We've talked about, Hey, we can grow here. Hey, we can communicate better. Hey, you can listen to me more. I was like, what? Uh, yeah, I've got that. Take out the trash. I'm on it. Uh, like we, we don't want to stay the same. So we put ourselves in a place that ne isn't necessarily painful. It's just intentional. And your intentional walk with God will actually take you to a promised place. I want to be a better father. So that means I've got to carve out time, not just to be around, but to be invested. I want to be physically healthy and fit this year, which means there's a whole lot of things that I can't eat after I end my fast tonight and eat all the wings I can possibly eat. 
by the grace of God. So if I want health, I have to limit the amount of unhealthy that is allowed. This is called maturity. This is called maturity. How to go higher in hard times, keep making the mature decision. You will not be perfect. You will not get it right every single time, but you're pursuing maturity. Do you know the word disciple? If we're to be disciples of Christ, it literally means disciplined one. It's not necessarily like you're earning anything from God. It's that you're choosing just to like put the pressure on yourself, grow in maturity because you don't want to be who you currently are or who you used to be. You want to be everything that you're called to be. And my job as pastor is to put you in a place where you're maturing, where you're growing, where you're, you're, you're owning the decisions of personal God discipline that leads you to destiny. That's what it says in Ephesians 4. My job is to equip you, prepare God's people for the works of service, or one translation said for the ministry God has for you, so that the body of Christ or the church may be built up until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. How many know, ain't none of us arrived yet on the fullness of Christ? There's room for us to grow. There's space for us to mature. There's still a climb ahead of us. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves. I didn't call you a baby. Apostle Paul did. And blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming and deceitful Instagram filters and deceitful posts. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ Jesus. How many know like, man, I read that verse, I get fired up that if there's more of Jesus that I can grow into, then I want to be about that life, attaining to the full measure, the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And if you feel like you're behind or less than you were even a year ago. Great news for all of us. By the grace of God, he can make up the lost ground, but he will not just lift you to the top of that place. The path is climbed one step at a time, and grace is there to hold you in a place of right relationship with God, but it's been given to us as a supernatural gift to grow in the things of God. And we're talking about maturity. Sound like Alan Iverson. We're talking about practice. There's really four levels of maturity when it comes to our faith. And I think maturity is forged in mountain climbs. The lowest level, level one, is I'm going to do what I want regardless of, God want, of what God wants. I don't believe any of us want to be there. There might have been a time or season where we have been there. But to me, that's, that's basically an unbeliever. They just, I'm going to be comfortable. I have no consideration about what God is asking of me. I mean, that's the most infant stage you can be. When your, your baby doesn't get what baby wants, baby cries. And I'm not going to stop crying until I, I get what I want. Level two, if God gives me what I want, then I'll give him what he wants. And so this is almost like toddler mode where um, your kids will do anything for a cookie. I believe, you know, if there's a promise of that cookie on the other end, you can get a lot of things done, by the way. Just a parenting hack for your life with the power of a cookie. If I give God, if God gives me what I want, then I'm going to give him what he wants. Level three, this is where we're starting to grow. 
This is where we become a disciple, dedicated, disciplined, maturing. I'll give God what he wants with faith that he, he will give me what I want. Most believers live at level three. I've got a little bit of faith. If I follow God, obey God, I'm going to do it because I'm going to get it. And we're expecting God just to come and breathe on our dreams and breathe on our relationships. And I believe man, many times God does. He's such a good father, giver of perfect gifts, cares so much about you that if you've got a little bit of faith and you're willing to leverage that in your walk with God, that you won't be disappointed. But there's just a higher place than that. And this is level four. And this is where if you want to mature as you're becoming more like Christ, this is for new frontier believers is that I'm just going to go ahead and give God what he deserves. I'm going to go ahead and give God what he deserves. What does he deserve? Your best. He deserves your all. He deserves your devotion, your worship. He gets my time. He gets my obedience. He gets my yes ahead of time. I'm focused in on his word and his ways. I'm giving him my attention and my time in prayer. He gets my praise even on bad days. He gets my offering. He gets my everything because I realize apart from him, I can do nothing. And when you have this kind of high view, elevated perspective of what he's already done for you, this is real worship and devotion to God is that I'm going to go ahead and give God what he deserves, which is everything. And many believers kind of live in this balance between level two and level three. When I get what I want, I'll give God what he wants. Or I'm going to give God what he wants when, with believing that he might do something for me. But the greatest joy and fulfillment of your life is found at level four. So how do we go higher in hard times? Let me give you real practical steps here. Remember, if God says climb, climb higher. So Moses got up, it says in Exodus 24 accompanied by Joshua and Moses climbed up the mountain of God. First one, you just got to get up from where you're currently at. In other words, be honest with where you are at and refuse to stay there. Just like if you want to grow in your health, but you haven't gotten on a scale in a while, like that might be the first place to start. Or you haven't gone in the gym in a while. That might just be the first place to start. Just be honest and acknowledge that, man, I, I might need to address this differently. I just need to get up from where I'm currently at and start the process of pursuing what he has for me. God speaks to the church in Ephesus by letter delivered by an angel in Revelations 2. He says, hey, remember how far you've fallen, where you used to be. Remember the height to which you've fallen. Hey, repent. Let's change direction and do the things you did at first. If there was ever a time you were more passionate about the presence of God, if there's ever a time that your hands went up a little easier in worship, if there was ever a time that you could walk in generosity a little quicker, if there's ever a time you could forgive a little faster, there might be some residue or struggle in your heart world that we just need to change direction from and start going a little higher into what God has called us to. Be honest with where you're at and refuse to stay there. So Moses got up and he was accompanied by Joshua, his aide. Second thing is you got to team up. I, I, I fully believe that your, your, your destiny and, and your God plan is not a solo endeavor. I wrote it this way, find camaraderie on your climb. That, that, I like the word camaraderie because it means mutual trust. It, it's friendship uh, with people that actually spend time together. Because you could say everybody's your friend. 
How many know that girl is like, oh, she's my best friend. She's got like 17 best friends. That person has no best friends. I promise you that right now. Like if everyone's your bestie, no one's your best. You need that person or a few. As a married couple, you probably need a couple or two that, that aren't holding who you used to be. And maybe even part of their life, like either together in synergy, you're, both, you're all trying to be who you're called to be. Or they might even be a little farther from where you're at and you're desiring to follow the way that they're going. Like Paul said, you can imitate me as I imitate Christ. And so this is why we, we have these connect groups. You don't need another thing to do in your life, but you need friends if you're going to fulfill the purpose of God for your life. And these are people not just to spend time with and have a coffee with. These are people to rally around the mission of Jesus. These are definitely not people to gossip with or to stay small with. Anybody who holds you to who you used to be or who you don't want to be anymore, they are not friends of your future. We, we, we team up so that we can take new ground in our own lives and for us as a church in the kingdom of God. I think your new frontier has probably for many of you some new friends. Friends have decided that the old you is worth leaving behind once and for all and challenges you to take the new ground. Third is to go up. In other words, to actually do something about it. We've acknowledged where we're at. We've got some right relationships at work in our life and we're actually going to start taking that destiny as a daily decision one step in front of the other. How many know that always sounds better in theory than it does in activation? Like how many have ever wondered like, okay, I'm going to go to the gym. It's going to be awesome. And then you have to like drive to the gym. I do this uh, every couple times a year. I go speak at the, uh, a Bible college or Bible college. It's in, in Phoenix, Arizona. And every time I drive and we, 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 we you fly right over Camelback Mountain. And I'm like, yeah, that it's like kind of more of a big hill than is a mountain, but it's called Camelback Mountain. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to climb that thing. I'm going to be an outdoors guy. Look at me. I'm in nature. I'm nature boy. Woo. Like I, I it's, it sounds great in theory, but then you got to get up at 5 a.m. To, to beat the hell heat that's in Phoenix. And then you actually got to go up that thing. Like it sounds so great to get to that high, rare air of elevation and tell you can't breathe anymore. There's always a place. I've been up it about four times. No big deal. Whatever. Uh, There's always a time like a third of the way up where it just goes from like zero to a hundred real quick. And my body is like, my heart ambition is saying, you got this mountain boy. And your body's like, what are you doing? You idiot. And I just like, ah, if I just keep putting one foot in front of the other, I'll get there. The amazing part about that, that second part is teaming up is anytime I've ever gone with anybody else, it's so much easier because there's like, even though we're not talking, even though we're, we're hard, you know, hardly breathing. Like there's something about that. I know they're not going to quit and I can't quit. And that accountability that even like somehow gives me courage to keep going. And so we we go up and then once we get there, which you're you, the big plan of heaven for your life, you're not going to arrive in all of it in 2022, but you sure won't have any of it unless you start to do these things today. And then we stay up even when we don't get the answer we want on the timeline we desired. Then we stay up. We stay the course. Because there's just favor that God unfolds, favor that is found in faithfulness. God says, if you wait for me there, I'll come and 
I'll bring the gift I've called to bring you. I'm going to give you the words I want to give you. I'm going to show up and meet with you in a place called there. We just stay there. And my heart for us as a church and for you as a husband or a wife, as a parent, as a believer, is that we would live in that rare air of staying there. Disciplined and devoted, passionate and pursuing. Not going to be perfect in it, but growing in our maturity until we obtain this fullness of the measure of Christ. Psalms 119, you're blessed when you stay on course, walking steadily in a road revealed by God. You're blessed when you follow his directions, doing your best to find him. That's right. You don't go off on your own. You walk straight along the road he set. You, God, prescribe the right way to live. Now you expect us to live it. Oh, that my steps might be steady, keeping to the course you set. Then I never have any regrets in comparing my life with your counsel. In other words, who you've called me to be, when I compare my life to who you called me to be, I'm not regretting it. I'm growing into it. I thank you for speaking straight from your heart. I learned the pattern of your righteous ways, and I'm going to do what you tell me to do. There's a climb for us. In the hard times that all of humanity has faced, there's a higher ground for you to go to. And when you found your place in that place of expectation, that place of devotion, that place of pursuit, that new frontier, when you learn to wait there, it's not a waiting game, it's a game changer. Because you're putting yourself in a place and position to be the kind of person that God does his greatest things through. And that is who you're called to be. Maybe no one in your family of origin has ever made that climb of maturing to become more like Jesus. Maybe the last few years you've lost some of the disciplines and desires and devotion of pursuing after the heart of God. But this is a brand new start. This is a season called a new frontier. And your future is right in front of you. You've got to be honest with where you're at. You've got to get the right people around you. You've got to actually make the daily decision that I'm going after destiny. And I'm going to stay in this elevated place until God shows up. And the longer you wait, the greater the thing that God does. And this is the new frontier that we are after this year. Maybe you haven't joined in the fast, fast this week. Maybe you haven't joined in prayer, pray this week. How do you position yourself for all that God has? Just keep making daily decisions to pursue his presence. And I promise you the person that you will be becoming and the direction you're headed, it looks like destiny and it looks more like Jesus. And that's what God has for you. You crown the year with bountiful harvest. I am believing that is a reality for every heart and person in our church. It is a year, not just of sowing, it's a year of reaping, but you'll never have anything to reap unless you know how to sow. And if you sow in devotion and you sow in passion and you sow in prayer, you're going to reap this reward called righteousness and blessing and favor that is exactly where God wants you to be. And you're becoming who he's called you to become. Even the hard places, even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. Would you stand to your feet on the plaza of North? I want to pray for you. Then we have a moment in just a second where we're going to worship and you have a, a chance to practice what I just preached. Can you start going after him, even out of your comfort zone, crying out to him, worshiping him, not because you want anything back, but that level four maturity, just because he's worth it, just because it's all his anyway. 
just because of who he is. Not necessarily you're waiting to get something or the right feeling or they sing the right song. No, you're giving him the song of your heart. You're giving him the praise and perspective of where you're at, that he's so good. You're just giving it to him because he's worth it and he's worthy and you trust that he is working. But even if he didn't do anything for you in the here and now, you're going to wait in this rare place called there for God to show up, to do what he's always wanted to do. And I promise you, Hillsong Kansas City, you will not be disappointed in that place. This is your year for God to show up. This is your new frontier of God's faithfulness, of God's provision, of God's plan. And we're going to go there together. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you. You are so good. I think that we are graced to grow because Jesus took the most difficult of climbs. He took Calvary's hill. Now we can receive your grace. So Lord, you're not expecting us to give you something so that you could do something back. You're just expecting us to, to lean into what you've already given to us from the right heart and perspective is that you're already worth all the praise, the honor, the glory, the devotion, the passion, and the worship. So Lord, I thank you for our church. I thank you that this January, it's a season of new beginnings, and it's a refusal to stay settled in status quo, that we're going to seek and find. We're going to knock, and the door will be open. We're going to ask, and it'll be given us. We're going to pursue you, because it's who we're called to be. I think that every single one of us is maturing by the Holy Spirit, by grace, to become more like Jesus. I think that we might be in a hard place, but we're still taking a high ground. We're going to get your best, even in this broken world, because you want to do more through this church and through our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, on the plaza of North, online and Lansing, can we just begin to worship him for how good he is, what he's already done, believing and expecting that he isn't done yet? Come on.